Welcome to the show. I'm Craig DeRoche, the President and CEO of Family Policy Alliance. This week, we're talking about Senate Bill 107, the bill that allows California to kidnap your child if they identify as transgender. On September 22, 2022, I sat down with Jonathan Keller, the president of the California Family Council, to really break down how this bill works. Days after our conversation, Gavin Newsom signed Senate Bill 107. It's now law. And the concerns we raised are now about to become reality. Before this week's guest joins us, it's time for One Minute with Craig, where I give you my take on a topic in only 60 seconds. So ready, set, here we go. So this is a big one. California is seeking to nullify the other 49 states' sovereignty so they can eliminate parents' rights for the 300 million folks that are currently outside the grasp of the iron fist of their leftist authoritarian government in California. In short, they want to harm your kids, not help them. They want to experiment on them and cause permanent damage to the lives for cheap political points for their governor's presidential campaign. Newsom is preying on the kids who formerly tried to run away from home, experiment with dresser behavior, solve their inner problems, and he's trying to manipulate these kids with actual problems and lure them into a lifetime of sexual slavery and dependence on drugs beginning in adolescence when they're at their most vulnerable. And while we mourn California being run by those with depraved hearts and minds together, we can work to overcome this and help kids rather than harm them. Now let's break down this Senate Bill 107 topic even more with one of the most knowledgeable and experienced sources on this battle in California, Mr. Jonathan Keller. Jonathan is the president of the California Family Council and has been since 2013. And prior to that, he led right to life of California. He has over two decades of experience, two children of his own. On September 22, 2022, I sat down with Jonathan Keller to discuss Senate Bill 107. Stay tuned to hear what he has to say about this bill. We are so glad you're enjoying Conversations with Craig. Your experience doesn't have to stop here. To stay connected with other listeners, hear about current events affecting your family, and to share pictures and videos with your friends, follow Family Policy Alliance on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the links in the show notes and we'll see you online. Well, I'm just going to bring Jonathan in now and let Jonathan explain uh, what the bill is going to do. So, Jonathan, welcome to our show. It's a privilege to be with you, my brother, and thank you for making the time uh, while you're battling this to to uh, uh, talk to uh, um, our audience. Well, thank you, Craig. It's it's great to be with you and all your viewers and everybody in the Family Policy Alliance uh, crew. And I'm really grateful for all the work you're you're doing nationally and the work to bring attention to this issue. Um, I apologize. I'm not in my normal studio. If any of you have watched some of our past videos, I'm actually on the road, as you mentioned, talking about these issues. Today, I was at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I know many of you know him well. And he has been a stalwart fighter on these issues and many other issues. So it was great to be with him and his team today. But the bill that we're talking about, as you said, is SB 107. And this is a bill from State Senator Scott Weiner. He is the senator that represents the San Francisco region of our state. 
And um, unfortunately, he is, I mean, every state, I feel like they have one, that one senator, that one assembly member, that one delegate who is just kind of doing their best to make our jobs difficult. <laughs> and that is definitely Senator Weiner. Um, he is by far, I, I think, the most aggressively um, liberal, aggressively transgressive. I don't even want to say progressive, but transgressive on all of these types of issues. He's introduced some really awful bills in the past relating to abortion. He's introduced bad bills on uh, vaccination mandates. He's introduced bad bills on uh, literally one of his bills that was signed earlier this year was on legalizing street walking and loitering for prostitution. Um, but not to be outdone, he has decided to top even himself with this new bill, SB 107. And essentially, as you were starting to say, Craig, this bill is in response to what a lot of conservative states are doing around the country. Uh, basically, there are a lot of governors, whether it's Greg Abbott down in Texas, whether it's Ron DeSantis out in Florida, there are conservative family-friendly governors around the state, around the country, that have seen the dangers of the radical transgender ideology and how those are affecting families and especially children in all parts of our country. We've seen just really tragic stories of young girls, especially, that have been caught up in something called rapid onset gender dysphoria. And it's the idea that not believing that they were the opposite sex from birth, but very quickly, kind of as a social contagion, really believing that they were transgender in high school, especially junior high and high school, through peer pressure, through online social media influences, particularly TikTok and Instagram. And in many cases, you are seeing these very opportunistic gender clinics and opportunistic um, transgender activists that are preying on the gender dysphoria of these young girls, especially. Sometimes it's young men, but in particular, it's, it's often young girls. And they are rushing them through the process of so-called counseling, which often maybe amounts to one initial session before they are given puberty blockers, or at least uh, given an appointment for puberty blockers. Then once those are in place, they can go to get cross-sex hormones. In this case, it would be testosterone for young women. And ultimately, it can also lead to actual surgical interventions. And I realize as people are watching this, I know you might have kids in the room. You might be uh, listening to this while you're doing the dishes or something else. So I, I want to be discreet, but at the same time, there's really no way to talk about this without being somewhat, somewhat blunt. And in many cases, we're talking about um, amputations of healthy body parts. We're talking about, uh, in the case of one young woman who testified against this bill, Chloe Cole, she had a double mastectomy at just 16 years of age. And again, you don't get much, much more irreversible than that. Uh, in addition to that, you're also talking about even genital amputation and mutilation of children losing their natural God-given uh, sexual organs in an attempt to try to conform to their gender dysphoria, to make their bodies reflect the gender dysphoria that they're experiencing. And the sad thing about SB 107 is that it ignores a lot of the pain. It ignores a lot of the uh, 
devastating effects that have happened. And instead of saying we need to protect children, it's saying we need to push back against these red states. And as a matter of policy, as a matter of politics, we're going to create a transgender refuge for the state of California. And as a result, you may have children now coming from Texas, coming from Florida, coming from Oklahoma or any one of these other red states around the country. If they come to California, whether they are with one parent, both parent, or in some cases, no parents, California is now positioning themselves to take emergency custody of these young people to potentially sever parental rights and put them even in a emergency foster care situation if the child states self-affirms that they are transgender and that they are unable to obtain the gender-affirming care, counseling, or surgical interventions in their home states. So, I mean, it really is one of the most radical pieces of legislation we've seen anywhere else in the country, really almost at any point, um, because it it completely puts California in the driver's seat of parental rights. It, it cuts out parents, grandparents, and even the doctors in the home states of these children and says that California gender activists know best and the state of California through the foster care system and through our state court system is going to intervene and uh, make that a determination. Well, we have, you know, states are sovereign. Um, states created the federal government, uh, not the other way around. That's largely forgotten in America. Um, but we have had these fights before. This isn't a question for now. We'll circle back to it. But um, it's exactly what you said. They're trying to say that uh, the sovereignty of the other 49 states don't mean anything uh, uh, to them. And uh, they have the solution for um, your child. Uh, and in and, and particular, I'll just put this out there. And everybody, if you're watching this and you're stunned by what Jonathan Keller, our guest here, the CEO of California Family Council, the links to their organization are here. They are posted. We want you to share this on social media. We want you to comment. We want you to go and support the California Family Council. And we want you to support the other 39 state family policy councils that that, that we have out there because this is coming. And, and by the way, they're trying to run this in red states too. This is a national phenomenon that's funded by uh, many, many billionaires in, in corporate America and is devaluing uh, the life. We know uh, uh, how much they devalue the life uh, uh, before birth, uh, before abortion. This is where they, they say, we're going to go after them and, and uh, um, you know, your kid is basically a battery to us and, and, and we want uh, control of them in the state to raise them in California. And it, it, it's, um, it, it goes beyond the pale. What would happen, uh, uh, Jonathan, if this, were, um, if this were signed into law? What would, a, what would another state do? There's already been a couple of governors, Governor Stitt in Oklahoma, I believe, uh, um, a couple others, DeSantis is looking at this, Iowa, others um, are very concerned. He hasn't signed the bill yet, and I think that's right. why they're not uh, um, commenting into it. But, but what can they do if California says, no, we're going to, and part of this is expunge the medical records. So if your state, Oklahoma, says we are going to subpoena you. We're learning a lot about that in America right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to present us all the records. They're, they're thinking ahead and saying, we're going to purge all that. So there's no record to actually build a case of any accountability for these poor 
children when they become adults, um, you know, where there'll be no records that, that uh, um, it's essentially like they were flown to Mexico city in the dark of night and had a kidney stolen and nobody can do anything about it. And, and so what does the state do? What, what, what should we be doing? Because I'm sure that's the first thing our listeners are, are thinking right now. Yeah, well, the first thing that I would say is, again, Craig, if you go to our website at CaliforniaFamily.org, you can find out more about this issue. You can, of course, sign up for our email alerts. And um, you mentioned to donate, so I'll, I'll just throw that in there as well. Of course, like, like Family Policy Alliance, we are a 501c3 uh, Christian nonprofit, and we would appreciate your, your prayers and your financial support. But I would say as states are looking at ways to respond to this, you're absolutely right. This is a continuation of California's real war on the rest of the country and any states and any populations that disagree with them. I mean, let, let me give you just a couple of quick examples. Um, California right now, as a result of some of the pro-family policies that have been passed in other states, California has actually banned travel to, I think it's 22 or maybe even 24 states in the nation so far. Uh, they've banned official state-funded travel because they say those states are bigoted and discriminatory. They don't like some of the pro-life or pro-family policies that have been passed. And they say, we're not going to participate in commerce in those states. Well, look, I, I don't like that policy from California, but at the same time, I think that if that's the way they're going to play the game, it may be time for some of these other states to look at reciprocity and say, look, if you're going to threaten to take our citizens, our children from our state and mutilate their bodies, deprive them of the ability to have children in the future, and all while doing this, shield the information, bar the parents of these children from knowing about it or from being able to contest it, maybe we need to look at uh, ways to sanction California. Maybe that means that Texas and Florida are either banning state travel to California. Maybe it means that they look at certain types of cooperation that they've done in the past and saying, we're going to not uh, allow our states to be participating in this in certain capacities. And I, I also think that in a practical sense, it's going to tragically, I think, take a little bit of time for this to reach a, a ripeness issue in the legal sense. But I think it may be very soon the time for these red states to band together and sue the state of California over the incredible danger that they are posing to children and families in all these other states. Um, I, again, tragically, I think that it may take a few more of these cases post this law coming out. It might take a young woman from Oklahoma or from Texas or from Florida that is victimized by a doctor in California before California finally wakes up and does something about this. But that doesn't mean that in the meantime, we can't share the stories of what has already happened. Again, I mentioned that Chloe Cole, who is the young woman who, um, was victimized here in the state of California. She had a double mastectomy again at age 16. She spoke out against this bill and gave a very powerful testimony asking at the end of her speech with Senator Weiner standing right there. She said, how many more young women like me is it going to take before you open your eyes and pay attention? A hundred, a thousand, 10,000. And the last words in her testimony were, I am the canary in the coal mine. So I encourage all your viewers today, go to our YouTube channel, go to our Facebook channel, watch that 
video with Chloe Cole. Again, she's an 18 year old young woman, but I mean, Craig, just to be honest, her testimony is more brave than what I've seen coming out of many state legislators and frankly, even some pastors, both in California and around the country. Um, we have to be willing. I, I realize it's uncomfortable. I realize that the entire prevailing culture is against us on this issue, uh, at least in terms of the media and you know, the late night TV hosts and the medical establishment. But when you listen to the pain and the sincere heartache of this young girl who was lied to by doctors, she was lied to by her peers, she was lied to by the school establishment, I don't think that we can stay silent on this. I, I think that every individual state needs to be willing to listen to these stories and say, not on our watch, not in our state. We're going to stand up and we're going to protect young women. We're going to protect families. And we're going to refuse to go along with this medical butchery that is being conducted at very high profit margins in these gender clinics all across our country. I could go on and on. Um, I'm a student of these things. I'm, you know, our viewers know this, but I'll, I'll say it again. I'm in recovery for addiction. And, and um, I spent my whole life and had to hit a very low bottom to learn one very important lesson, that drinking was not my problem, that it was my solution. And uh, kids have all sorts of solutions, the same as adults do. Uh, sex, drugs, running away from home, uh, um, uh, overeating, you know, you name it, uh, uh, lying, cheating, stealing. I did a whole bunch of those things personally, and that's what kids do. And, and your attorney general at the time, Xavier Becerra, fought all the way up until December of 2020, until he was named to be the HHS chair, trying to convince California voters in the legislature and your Supreme Court that men in particular should be sentenced in the juvenile justice system until the age of at least 21, but maybe 26, because their frontal lobes had not fully grown in and they could not determine the difference between risk and reward. That is brain science, to use his words. Brain science tells us that young men can't determine uh, uh, risk and reward, and, and the same is true with women. And they're trying to have it both ways here, where they're saying that an 11 or 12-year-old can make a decision for a hysterectomy, but, but a 24-year-old uh, uh, can kill somebody, and, and maybe they didn't have the mental capacity to do that. And uh, it, it's built on lies, as we know in Scripture. This is uh, um, what the left is building it on when they're not uh, rooted in the Word. And, um, but it's a scary business because of what you said. There are going to be losers. There are going to be people that before we can stop this, they're going to be subjected to it. And I'm just, I'm really encouraged that you already have some of the people that have been out there that have done these things, that have heard the lies that have done this, that are uh, willing to give testimony. And um, uh, Family Policy Alliance has shared this with, with our audience uh, multiple times, and we're going to continue to. And I want mm -hmm. you to continue sharing this. I want you to go and check out uh, um, the work that we're doing all across the country because in California, they may very well put this policy in place and the solution may not be within California. It, it may be because we're mobilizing around the country and other governors and other courtrooms are seeing these things. And um, it's it's just a, a, a horrendous situation and, and your governor appears to be running 100 miles an hour um, into this. I'll say one more thing, um, uh, Jonathan, about 
this because I want our audience to be somewhat conditioned to this because we got a conservative audience here and I'm sure you have that there uh, too. But in Michigan, where I live, uh, Michigan State University and the University of Michigan both settled half a billion dollar lawsuits from their administrators and their uh, teachers and their doctors manipulating and persuading young women and boys into sexual situations. And those were adults, by the way. College kids are generally over the age of 18. Not all of them, but nearly all of them, uh, hundreds of kids. And they had to settle for that. And California appears to be saying, and that helped usher in democratic control in America, the Me Too in 2018. Jack Nasser was the doctor's name. And now they're saying, well, maybe we got that wrong. We want it to be the state policy and we want to make sure that nobody's actually exposed to a lawsuit over this. And I, I just can't help myself but to think um, that that's a check in a bail. Like my kids can't get Tylenol uh, or Advil when they have a headache at the school uh, um, because of liability. They, they, they make my wife or I take off work and drive in and do that. I'm sure that's true all over America. Um, is that an area that we can pursue nationally as well as within California to say, if you put this in place, we're still going to try to pursue the torts against these doctors uh, when you do that. And in the federal system, if it's across state lines, uh, do you think that's valid, uh, uh, the California Policy Council, uh, uh, for us to consider at least? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely an option. And l let me, Craig, give you another example um, that I appreciate that Chloe Cole and her testimony, and we've seen other people testifying against this, they've brought out the fact that our, our friends on the left are not stupid. They don't think universally that young people should have complete autonomy and be completely emancipated to make their own decisions. You mentioned uh, the issue of even something as grave as murder, but, but let me go to the opposite end of the spectrum. A couple of years ago, there was an elective procedure in California that was banned for minors. This is an elective procedure that many young people and adults engage in and the state of California said, you know, we've looked at the science and we've seen that people who repeatedly engage in this procedure can sometimes uh, develop cancer. And as a result, regardless of whether or not you have parental consent, regardless of whether or not you as an individual uh, demand to do this, if you are under the age of 18, we flat out refuse to allow you to engage in this procedure and use these facilities. Well, what were they? They were tanning salons. I mean, literally, a 17 and a half year old in California, if he or she wants to, you know, just look, uh, look good, get a little bit of a, a tan before their prom pictures or their homecoming pictures, you cannot do that in the state of California, not even one time, because you do not know the long term potential consequences, the fact that it could lead to cancer in the future, there could be peer pressure, there could be all sorts of different things that are involved in it. And if we are saying that something as generally benign, especially for a single time as tanning salons, we're going to ban that over the potential future impacts to your life, the, the long-term consequences. At the same time, that 15, 16 year old girl could not go and get a tan, but she could go and get her healthy breasts chopped off by a gender clinic. 
I mean, the, the mental disconnect there, Craig, is absolutely insane. But I think that's a type of thing that we as a national body politic need to look at and say, maybe we need to have some sort of a children's bill of rights and say that before a certain age, you're not able to engage in these long-term irreversible health conditions. Maybe we need to have I don't know, some sort of a more mandatory Hippocratic oath that says, no, you cannot do harm. And again, amputating the healthy functioning body parts of young people just because they are experiencing gender dysphoria. Even if they ask you to, that should not be something that is legal in our country. And I, I do hope that red state governors, red state legislatures, as they come back in the spring of next year, if God forbid Gavin Newsom does sign this bill into law, I hope that they will look at every tool in their toolbox to protect the citizens of their own state. Look, I realize a lot of our friends around the country, they write off my state and they say, well, that's crazy California. You know, you guys are going to do what you're going to do. I'm just glad I don't live there. I'm glad that my family got out. We moved to Texas. We moved to Tennessee. We moved to Idaho. Well, Gavin Newsom is literally with this bill. He's declaring open season on your children, on your grandchildren, even if you've already left the state. He's saying, I don't care if you have fled California, we're bringing these policies back to you and we're recruiting your children to come back here and engage in these procedures. And I don't think that any governor, any legislature or any parent or grandparent should sit idly by and stand for that. I, I agree with you. And I listen, Gavin Newsom, to me, I recognize his presidential campaign. Uh, I'm a student of history, and it looks a lot like George Wallace, uh, the governor of Alabama, to me. Segregation now, segregation forever. He's saying transgender now, transgender, you know, abortion now, abortion forever. And I uh, go back 100 years, you know, the predecessor to uh, Governor Wallace, what were they doing? You know, slave got away from the South. They're going to send somebody up and say, we're going to take it back from New York or Michigan uh, um, and we're going to force our will on the rest of the country. And um, it, it's it's evil uh, uh, stuff. And in, in my opinion, it's bad stuff. Um, but there's a lot that we can do to push back. We need these things actually to come to the forward. If we want our country to uh, become all that it can be. Uh, we, we've we've never come close. We've scratched the surface and, and look at the amazing uh, fruit of what America has been, even when we get so many things wrong, uh, of treating people equally, honoring that that uh, um, life and liberty and, and, and the civil rights um, that are stated in our constitution, even though they've never been applied to everybody, uh, we got to get closer to that. And, and Gavin Newsom's in the way. And that's why we had this call. We want um, our audience to be aware. We want you to engage on this because exactly what you just said, Jonathan Keller, the CEO of the California Family Council is with us, is that he's the tip of the spear. His organization, they need your help. We want to stop this in California. Uh, but they're also going to be serving the rest of us around the country by informing us and partnering with us as we try to make a difference in our own states and in the federal government to return some sanity and to protect uh, children. They are not wards of the state as a Californian, the lefties from whether it be Terry McAuliffe in Virginia that that said, um, you know, uh, uh, this in Michigan, we have a ballot proposal that uh, eliminates the uh, uh, age of consent that they're uh, labeling an abortion bill. Well, OK, it has abortion in there, but I think 
a lot more people are alarmed by the age of consent. Like I said, after why, why are we allowing teachers and priests and, and, and coaches and everything to go back into the business of uh, persuading 11 and 15 year olds to have surgeries or to have sex with them? Um, th this is, um, and it's not even new is, is what I've been telling my kids and, and others that, that, that learn about this. They, they try to pretend Jonathan us like they've invented some rebellious thing and I point out that this was in Genesis. <laughs> this mm -hmm. behavior was in, this wasn't something that just came around in, in the last five years. It's just to America, uh, a perversity run amok. And it, but mm -hmm. listen, it's a privilege to have you with us. Um, to our audience, we know there's just, a, you, you've been so uh, strong in your support to Family Policy Alliance and to organizations that are growing and th thriving like the California uh, uh, Family Council. We want you to continue to look into this. Um, th this video is being shot, not knowing whether or not the governor has signed the bill. It's September 22nd for us. Um, but we want you to engage because uh, this election, uh, um, a lot is, is, is at stake in America. And we need your support. Jonathan and his organization uh, need your support. And we have hope. That's where I like to end these conversations, Jonathan. We have hope. And California's done things before when the citizens have been pushed too far because the body of Christ is not a bunch of white evangelicals like the media likes to call it. The body of Christ is all sizes and shapes and colors and cultures and everything. Jesus has uh, uh, permeated our entire world and, and the body of Christ has uh, stood up before uh, and protected marriage in California on a statewide basis. Even though they vote democratic, they'll vote their values entirely differently. And so there's gonna be a lot of prayer uh, uh, but Jonathan, from your perspective, uh, we like to end with hope. So, so um, what are we working toward here? How can, how can we be helping you? What's your hope uh, on this? Well, first, Craig, again, I want to say thank you to you and your team for having me on today. Uh, if, if people want to find out any more about this, obviously you've shared our main website, which is californiafamily.org. But I also want to let people know we are very active on social media. You can find us on Facebook, just facebook.com slash californiafamily. Uh, Instagram is at California Family Council. Twitter is at CA Family. Uh, and then we have a YouTube page with literally um, hundreds of videos that we've uh, done over the years talking about these and other topics. So if you want to know more, if you want to dip your toe in and find out more about all these issues, please go to all those social media sites. But uh, on a hopeful note, um, I just want to say that it is, uh, it can definitely be discouraging from time to time being in California. You know, when we go to uh, national events and conferences, and I, I see people from other states, and they meet me for the first time, <laughs> and I say I'm from California, usually uh, the, the one of the answers is either, uh, why haven't you moved yet? Or, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> when they find out where I'm from. Um, but I do think that God calls us in the different seasons in our lives to stand and make a difference. And here in California, we have seen, even this year, and I don't want to make this video longer than it is, but we have even seen here in California some, some miracles, uh, bills that have been vetoed or bills that have been withdrawn. Uh, we've had victories. I remember in 2018, we had a bill that would have banned all pastors and Christian counselors from trying to minister to people who identified as LGBT and wanted to leave that lifestyle. Well, literally, Craig, on the last day of the legislative session, the author of the bill, who he himself identified as a gay man, he literally withdrew the bill on the final day of session because he said, 
I've heard from the faith community and I want to continue this dialogue absent this bill. And I, I, I see all the time people in California that rise up and stand up and make a difference. And I think that it is time for all of us around the country to realize that the Lord has given us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And that is the role that each of us needs to take. Yeah, if we are tempted uh, to despair or tempted to uh, fear, uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, in closing is from uh, Father Richard John Newhouse. And I remember I heard it for the first time about 10 years ago, and it's always stuck with me. He was a he was an Anglican priest and uh, founder of First Things magazine. He had this phenomenal quote, and he said, um, uh, we as Christians must not despair because despair is a sin. But he also said, we do not have the reason to despair because Christ has overcome the world. Amen. What a great way to wrap up this interview. Thank you so much for being with us, Mr. Jonathan Keller, the president of the California Policy Council. We are with you in, in prayer and uh, in our time and our talent and our treasure. Um, and uh, we wish you well, my brother, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, sir. God bless. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed learning about Senate Bill 107. Again, we recorded this just days before the bill was signed. It's now law and the concerns we raised are now about to become reality. Check out the resources in the description to learn how you can help fight this battle. Once again, I'm Craig DeRoche, President and CEO of Family Policy Alliance, and this is Conversations with Craig. We'll talk to you real soon. Conversations with Craig is brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.